0: G'day and welcome to Measure Twice, Cut Once, the uh, YouTube channel and audio podcast uh, presented to you by myself, Sumo, from Sumo's Projects, or Dirk, and um, we can be found on all your major um, podcast uh, shows, such as on iTunes, Google, and Podbean, and a whole raft of others, but uh, now to get the show on the road, I'm going to welcome my good friend Chris, who wishes he had a wish list and not purchased anything
1: off Wish. G'day, mate. Hey, G'day, Dirk. Yeah, um, Wish has kind of let me down a little bit. I've um, lost a little bit of information off a hard drive that I purchased from them. Um, it didn't help that I uh, held this hard drive against the brick wall because I lost most of it, but um, I won't be buying anything from Wish ever again, let me tell you that. But uh, anyway, we're here for another episode, episode nine. Uh, we had a good chat with uh, Rhino last week. What do you think of that? Yeah, mate,
0: yeah, we had a, we had a great uh, conversation with uh, Rhino from Oz Sawdust Makers, a very uh, uh, intelligent man and um, very resourceful, and he's, he's got his um, hand in a lot of uh, good, positive maker community type activities, so it was a pleasure to speak to him, and he's, um, yeah, we'd, we'd like to have him on the show again one day, maybe in a, in a panel discussion, don't you reckon, Chris? Yeah,
1: Dirk. Um, he, the only the only thing about um, Rhino that I found was uh, he needs to stand a little bit closer to the razor blade when he's shaving. What do you think?
0: <laughs> oh, he, he's got a wicked beard, mate. It's um, they're, they're all the rage at the moment. I, I can only get to a, a five day growth, and I, I, I go to water and
1: shave off. Yeah, what no, it uh, drives drives me a little bit crazy. I I, I keep this happening. This is my uh, my signature. So that's the only thing that that, that's the only hair that stays on my head, and all the rest out of here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And and Chris, anyone who's listening to this on an audio podcast, just imagine um, what's the best way to describe Merv Hughes. And um, yeah, I I
1: get um, I get Merv Hughes a lot. Um, I've I've been likened to um, to Booney as well. Um, and I'm probably more more boony because uh, we, we've both got the same stature. You know, we're both short and you know, solid. Yeah. Um, and I've even even once been uh, mistaken for Chopper Reed.
0: Good, it?
1: Yeah, Yeah, yep. No, I kid you not. That's uh, that's come across once. I was in the city, and a uh, bloke said, "Oh, chop! How you going, Chopper?" I didn't know what the hell he was talking about. I mean, yeah. I've, I've still got ears. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I probably look a little bit like the... Is it the cheese burglar? Um, remember that? The hamburglar. Hey? Hamburglar. Hamburglar. That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> All those shady characters on the uh, cartoons, mate. The, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, enough about our personal appearances because... Yes. We have an interesting, uh, fun show, half-hour show once again. And um, on today's show, Chris, we're going to be delving deep, as deep as we can, into uh, talking about uh, jigs and fixtures that uh, are probably Ooh. important to have in your own workshops. So For sure. You know, and, and you and myself, uh, we've built a few, and we'll probably get a few uh, pictures up and show people what we've made so far, and there's a lot, lot yeah. more to make. It's good fun, isn't it? Oh, it is. It is. Um, you get to
1: use up your scraps, you know, that you've got uh, laying around the workshop, um, and and they, they help out. If, you, if you've got a job that you're doing over and over and over again, they help. Plus, the fixtures keep your workshop nice and tidy.
0: Definitely right. Definitely right. Mm. Uh, Chris, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I just want to quickly mention I, I, um, I just purchased a new thicknesser. And it is a 13-inch dedicated spiral head uh, cutter in it, and um, yeah, it's it's in the 13-inch size range. It's um, unique to have that unless you have an aftermarket fit. Um, So it's a it's a Timbercon one, the Sherwood range, and um, I I can't wait to get that out of the box. I might even do a review video on it. Um, Oh,
1: look forward to seeing that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I've got the old one still. I'll, I'll be selling that, but I'm going to do it side by side to see how they, uh, you know, go against one another as far as noise and all that sort of thing. But um, what have you been uh, sort of doing out in the shed? I hear there's a lot of uh, thunder and anger. And, are you building something over there? in
1: uh... <laughs> um, Yeah, I've got a few projects on the go. Um, I'm building um, a bedroom suite for a, for a customer. And my workshop is going to be uh, totally revamped. It's the the whole thing's going to be redone. I'm I'm basically tr- going to try and build my dream workshop. So um, uh, there's going to be and like, like I mentioned last week, I think I'm going to feng shui the the hell out of my uh, workshop. I've got a lot of a lot of stuff that I'll just that I've, you know, you know, you buy these things and you think to yourself, oh, I'm going to use that. I'm going to need that. And it just lays there and lays there and lays there. So I'm going to apply the feng shui uh, principle to it that uh, if I haven't used it in the last six months and I'm
0: not likely to use it in the next six months,
1: it's out of here.
0: And it all comes down to thinking about the next purchases. Make sure you're not going to end up in that predicament again. So, yeah. I
1: know. Look, uh, I, I've been... Um, I've been really bad about uh, things like that, and and I put it down to the fact that I don't have a wife that tells me, "No, you can't have that." Right? So I'm I'm an, very much an impulse buyer. If I see something I like, it's mine. I've got it. Oh, well,
0: and I'm paying the price for that now. Yeah. Sorry. Next, next time you'll go. Mm, I'll forget about
1: that one and uh, not get it. Mm. Boom. Although. Although, I've just purchased a um, a 10-inch planar thicknesser, jointer thicknesser combo.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. Can't wait to pick that up.
0: Yeah. Can't oh. wait to give it to
1: you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it better be clean when I get there. <laughs> yeah,
0: only a few spiders.
1: Don't worry. <laughs> nah, spiders, no good. No good. I don't care. <laughs> don't, don't, I'm, I'm not a big fan of spiders, Dirk. So, I
0: know. I know. Shall we? Um, shall we get into the show? And uh,
1: yeah, yeah, I reckon on? we should. I reckon that's a good idea. Let's kick it off. Let's get going.
0: Righto. Yeah. So, um, interesting conversation. We um, get, get people asking us to talk about different things, Chris. So. I'm finding that really, really good kickstarter conversation on um, on uh, measure twice, cut once. Because if the viewers and the listeners want to know what you know about certain things, and yeah. we can give a perspective on it, it's always handy. So um, I suppose we'll start off with talking about fixtures. Um, so to clarify or, or distinguish between, say, um, fixtures and jigs, I think a fixture is more something that is fixed into a permanent space uh and it just serves more or less you go to it take something bring it back uh, whereas a jig can be something that's uh handed you know you can maneuver it around so i suppose uh, one of the first things we look at when we setting up a shop or even just a garden shed or anything is shelving um you know and it's it's quite quite a um easy thing to do is set up shelving um so you can either, you know, purchase stuff uh, that's already got brackets that are already prefab, uh, or you can make your own, you know. Um, how do you sort of look at this avenue, Chris?
1: Um, yeah, no, no. Uh, I, I would prefer to make my own because then you can uh, make it to suit your your particular space, your workshop. Um, and plus, you're not, you're not really spending a bucket load of money um, at, at Bunnings Buying crappy, um, you know, brackets and everything like that. I think I'd rather make my own. So, uh, and w- which I've done. To that end, I've done that. So, um, and yeah, you, you talk about the shelving and, um, and 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 like storage, another thing. You know, just storage uh, for your workshop. You know, making a, a cupboard that'll hold um, all your your spray cans, or uh, you know, that that's a that's a fixture in your in your workshop. So um and then you can uh with, with the um the shelving you can make it so that it holds some of your tools or it could be a wood rack you know so you can put all your wood and your timber on there to keep it up off the floor and stuff like that. Um is that that the sort of thing you mean? Dirk? Yeah,
0: definitely, definitely. Um I, you know I, I just I, I think what I've learned over the journey is um that a lot of your tools and uh you know, things that you have to put away in certain spots should be a little bit more specific. So that means it, it's built to the sizing of that particular item. And, mm. um, you know, so there might be a little bit of fiddling around and things like that. Um, I, I find that the, I do buy brackets now from the hardware, and, you know, I just put a leftover material as a top. And that's just a quick uh, answer to getting things off the floor. And um, if you, you know, look, like, if you're, if you're looking at a perimeter-type workshop setup for uh, storage, which uh, I think most people do, it's, um, it can be a quick and easy go-to. But it, for those specific things, uh, such as uh, chisels and, you know, even those drill holsters, uh, those things have to be sort of measured, uh, designed, and, um, you know, I, I built a, a clamp rack recently where I had to basically put everything down on a couple of bits of a uh, uh, form ply and um, make
1: measurements as I went. So, is that how you tackle um, the, the the thing the same way? Um, yeah. Well, just going back to your, your clamp rack thing, I just made some clamp racks for myself. And um, and look, my my the way I do things is, is pretty much the same always. You know, like I, I have an idea. Um, I want to I want to make some clamp racks. My first port of call is um, is YouTube. And, uh, and I go through, um, I won't say hundreds, it feels like hundreds of, of videos, you know, just to, to try and get a feel of, you know, how people do their clamp racks and that sort of thing. And I'll, then I'll come up with um, an idea of my own, you know, that um, sort of incorporates all those other ideas, you know, and I think and, um, and, and make it that way. But uh, every, every, um, Every fixture is, and, and I, I go back to what I said before. Every fixture is is suited to your workshop. Like the, the way I do my clamp racks could be way different to the way you do your clamp racks. You know, because we have got different clamps, and uh, and we always um, we want to make it so that it's uh, it's suited to us. You know, is that is that is that what you mean, Dirk? I mean, it's, it, I, I don't know how you sort of um, uh, where you're sort of headed with that. Um,
0: no, no, that's, we're, yeah, we're on the same page here. Um, good, good. Given, given a blank canvas, say you move yeah. in and, or you have a new um, workshop built. So, all, all right. As you said, a good resource to start with is YouTube. And I also think uh, Pinterest is really good because you get uh, yeah. several definitions of what other people have done. And, mm. um, you know, and then there's books out there. But I think if you uh, approach the whole, thing from a a perspective of understanding what you're going to acquire or what you already have and just working starting at a starting point say in a corner or you know is is basically are the hair tools going to be housed uh above um your machinery or you know it's all predetermining that sort of thing but uh basically yeah um keep it keep it to a degree of um planning where things have an exact spot and um, so I, I started late in trying to rejig my workshop, and I think that's why I've done it so many times. Uh, so my fixtures now are coming into the into it late into the equation, where, uh, as you suggested to me, build a build a big wall in the garage, and that's opened up so many different things for me. So um, I, I, I look at it that way, Chris. So you know it's interesting, um, and you look at other people how they do it.
1: The other thing we've got to try and try and um, apply to your, your your fixtures is, and we spoke about this a couple of episodes ago. Keep it simple. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't make it too too complicated. Um, don't spend uh, mega mega dollars on um, on timber and anything. form ply. How good's form ply? You know, to make your your you, you, your fixtures. That stuff's brilliant. Yeah. You know. And, um, and and I'm starting to use Formply for a lot of my uh, for a lot of my jigs as well, you know. And um, it's just a really, really, um, a really, really good resource to have. And it's pretty cheap too, isn't it? It's pretty, it's it's not very expensive at all to buy.
0: No, mate, no, no. Look, and, and you're exactly right. It's um, and and you can also think of it. It can become down to as basic as um. Having screws and just hanging things off screws, and you know, screws actually, you can you can set up a, a tool board with that. Uh, and I, I see a lot of people are going back to that because um, if you have a too many drawers and things, it's out of sight, out of mind, you know. And as you, as we both know, we need something, and we've lost it because we've housed it, and it's it's out of that visual, you know, concept of have I got it, or do, do I have to, you know? Do something to purchase it again. I don't know, but
1: um, that's but that that's a comment that um that Ryan made last week. You know that uh, tools go to drawers to die or or something along those lines. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I agree with you. You know, like um for the for the tools for your hand tools, I think that they're better um, better suited to have them hanging on a wall so you can see them. You know. I mean power tools and that sort of thing. I mean I've got I've got a you know I've got a lot of power tools. Um but they're all in in uh they they come in their own cases. And all the cases that I've got are all um uh they're all named, you know, like I I know what's in, in in each and every one of them. Yeah. Um but then I've got to make uh somewhere where I can store them. And that was the other part of the uh, like the fixtures. Like I've got a fixture now uh, where all my if you have a look at my last shop tour, my last workshop tour, it's all it's all in there how I've got it all set up. But uh, yeah, that's that's another another point. You know, with um, when you sit out of sight, out of mind, um, that's not always a good thing either for your workshop.
0: No, no, and um, you know, use use your space wisely because uh, don't you don't have your fixtures coming out. You know, three or four feet or hundred. 200 mil from the wall, you know, if you don't need because you're going to be fumbling around and looking for things behind So keep, keep it sort of thin, you know, but you know, you set up a stretch where Those items will fit comfortably and you don't have to search for anything behind it And you know, that's yeah. that's sort of that's where I'm at now because uh, you know, you don't You don't want to be in that situation got a project and you uh, stall the project through not knowing where your uh, tools and things are. So, you know, look, there are things to look out for. I think it's uh, fixtures are, are paramount in uh, setting up uh, an efficient workflow. So, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that that's sort of – I think that's a little bit of a coverage of uh, the fixture topic, Chris, uh, where now we move into the part of it, jigs. Jigs are an absolute necessity and um, – you know, there's once again: do you purchase a jig that does a certain operation, or do you go about making it yourself? But I tell you, it's much more fun making it yourself because oh, the I challenge. Is there, and it's a challenge, and it's good fun. So I've seen oh, some of your. So uh, what do you got?
1: The jigs that I've got, um, the the first one that I've got, um, you know, I do a little bit of pen turning. So I made myself a little jig. And again, uh, this is researched off um, uh, YouTube, so I can't claim it as my own idea, but I did um, put my own spin on it. Uh, I've got this little jig that runs uh, on my bandsaw where I can cut um, the blanks of the pens to the exact length that I need them. So instead of instead of having to measure each one, as you would, to, to, to suit the um, uh, the tube that goes in there, all I do is stick the tube in the uh, jig, stick the bit of wood into the jig, run it through the bandsaw, bang, done, cut beautifully. Um, there was another jig that I've got that um, Sam from um, from TimberCon asked me to make. And that was, you know, like you've got a, a, a blank, which is a square or a rectangle, you know, it's, it's and he wanted to cut the corners off it to make it an octagon. So I made a little jig that done that as well, and uh, and yeah, actually I'm quite proud of that one. That one uh, turned out really really well. And the the usual circle cutting jig, I've got one of those from a bandsaw as well, and um, and that works a treat. I had to use that uh, a couple of times, so it's really saved me a lot. Um, there's one, there's one. Um, um, it's a tapering jig that I have, that I got from um, from Timbercon, and it's a, a micro jig one. Now you want to talk about uh, jigs. I mean again we go back to the old um, uh, keep it simple stupid, yeah. This thing has got so many different um uh, bits and pieces to it and, and it, it does and it's got all and, it, and it's all in imperial too which which does my head in. Um you know you can you can adjust it to this and you can it's too much. I I've, I've never used it. I bought it and I never used it. It's crazy, and I and I went and made my own tapering jig that works like a charm. You know, I know I, I, this is where I want it to cut. This is where I want it to finish. Stick it in, run it through my table saw, done. You know, so yeah, it's it's too much. I and mean, what about yourself? You have you got uh, a couple of jigs that you use?
0: Yeah, mate. I, I, I like I've got a heap of projects I still want to make jigs for. Um, so you know, that's uh, it's taken me time, but uh, not. Not for any reason, but I've had a bad strategy as far as setting up the workshop, like I mentioned. But um, that tapering jig, you know, it's basically all you need is a, a type of sled that runs in your miter slot. Um, it's got a straight edge to the blade, you know, everything parallel. And you can mark the angle out on your workpiece uh, mm. if you've got a couple of hold-down clamps, you know, and just run it through there, table saw at the angle that's required, you know, and there's nothing to think about. You've already yeah. just put it in an angle, and um, there you go. You cut it, and you can set some stops so you can do your repetitive cuts. Um, now, I, th- I think the biggest one I, I, I put off building for a long time because I disputed on ne- if I needed one or not was the uh, table saw sled. And um, since I built it, because I, I looked at the capabilities of, say, a miter saw or a chop saw, and you sort of – you get, like, with the bigger ones, you get about 300 millimetres uh, capacity, so – anything beyond that, it's still a little bit unsafe to push it through uh, your table saw, you know, or, or or you can take the long process and set up uh, something for a circular saw, but if you've got a table saw, uh, a sled, you can position it, uh, put your piece in, and you know you're going to have accurate cuts all the time and it's a safe way to do it. So I think that's a really um, important jig to have. Um, and, you know, look, I'm looking to making uh, some uh, jigs like a splining jig, um, not so much, not at the moment for me, a tenoning jig, but I, I know people love doing mortise and tenon type work, um, and as you said, circle-cutting jig, and um, one of the things you've made, which I, I've always wanted to make and I still will, is a kerf maker. Now, run us mm. through how important that is.
1: Oh, you know what? I um I got my idea uh, of a kerf maker from, um, from Neil Pascal Makes, yeah? Yeah. and um, and not only has it been my best performing video to date, but um, if if you need to cut a dado or a um, or, or a rebate or something like that, and, and you don't have um, you don't have a dado stack, this thing's a lifesaver. You know, you you, you set it to, um, to to the thickness of your board. And um, and, it just, and you run it through your table saw on your on your, um, on your um, table saw sled, and it's and it's that accurate each and every time. You you never miss. You you can't miss as long as you've got it set to the the blade that you've got in in your table saw. You will never miss. They come out perfect every single time. I I, I use it all the time. It's great. It's a great piece of kit to have, and it, and I made it out of a. Um, A board that came out of a deck so it's a little bit of decking board (laughs) it's perfect it's absolutely perfect best thing i ever made you should make one
0: i am i'm in the design stage actually i I want to make a multi-purpose one i'm not going to give too much away but uh i've got you know like always got ideas floating around my head but uh it's just putting those into action sometimes and working a little bit on prototypes given that you've got a bit of spare time but yeah, yeah uh, I want to make it a, a multifunctional type kerf maker, um, and I see the the relevance and importance of them because, uh, as you said, it's it's such a, a efficient form of joinery, um, and and, and it, it expands outside your workshop. You can take some of these items, and you know, for even say fence building or you know, things like of that nature, um, mm. it's a positioning thing that's accurate and. As you said, a bit of decking, and you've made yourself a an accurate accurate um you know little jig uh, the other thing is you can make uh like bevel gauges and that so easily you know just just to capture an angle and then just transfer that onto uh, the piece you're working on so I, I think
1: I think the key to uh to all these jigs is repeatability yes. You know, so that you, you, you've you got a job that you do. I mean, like, like the the cupboards that I made for, for my customer, um, I had to um, make a, a shoe rack, and I needed the, um, the the shelves of the shoe rack to be at a certain degree at a certain distance apart from each other. And if I didn't have a jig to do that, you know, you, then you're measuring each and every one, each and every... And, and you could be out by a millimetre here or a millimetre there. Next thing you know, the thing's crooked. But if you make your jigs if you take your time to make your jigs uh, i mean i made that literally in literally in 30 minutes it took me 30 minutes to put together yeah. with the help of my jigs yeah so yeah i think jigs play a massive part in any workshop doesn't matter what you're doing that they, 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 they help every every aspect of your build i reckon
0: and, and, and to throw another thing in is uh, you make you can make your own stop blocks and like you said, you know, uh, they're specific to uh, tackle the next part of an operation, and uh, th- that's great. And and another thing to consider, not so much a jig, but oh, I suppose it could be deemed that, is push blocks and, uh, you know, how, how interesting and intricate you can make them to suit uh, the machines you're working on rather than, mm. you know, what you can purchase. You can make a lot better uh, some of these things. So, oh, great, yeah. Yeah, yeah great. I, I, I reckon that's um, there's a there's a it's a great fun thing to be able to go in your workshop and uh, design on the run sort of thing and then uh, improvise and make it even better because if you buy a store purchase product there's not much you can do with it <laughs> if it doesn't suit what you want to do you uh, no. you know you're not and fine. like
1: and, and yeah and like I said before some of them just they give you so many different things that you can do with this one jig that you're never going to use it. You know, it, it's it's overkill. It it's like, like with this um sorry.
0: No, that it's, it is. I I agree. I agree.
1: Yeah. It's like it's like with this ten inning jig that I bought for uh, f- um from um micro jig. It's I mean it's 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 almost as if you know they've made it with guys building rocket ships in mind because you got all these little different why? I just want mm-hmm. to cut something on an angle. Why do I need all these bits and pieces to it? You know, I don't, I don't know why I bought it, but, um, I've got it. You know, it's, it's sitting there in the corner of my workshop now collecting dust. That's all it's doing. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever use it. So, you
0: know, no, so Chris, mate, look, in summarizing, I think that, uh, jigs and fixtures are a very important component to, um, your workshop environment. And, um, uh, as we've just touched upon in this episode, it's, um, you know, do you buy stuff or do you, do you make it yourself? But I, I think the overwhelming consensus is we both agree that making them, uh, uh, you know, you can add more attributes to it where uh, it can be tweaked to specifically how you want it and um, you have fun and you're happy making it, you know. And you can say, yep. oh, I made that like the other things I make. So. Yep. Yeah, oh, for sure. And, and
1: and sometimes um, you know, like if, if you've got a project that you're doing, um, I think it's more fun making the actual jig than it is making the project. You know, yeah. well, I, yeah. I I have that. You know, like when I was making my circle cutting jig, I was having a blast. You know, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to get the uh, the pin to stay in there and and slide out, and I'm turning my T-track upside down, and I'm I'm you know thinking, you know, how am I going to get this to go in? Ah, I'm having a lot of fun, and then I cut one circle with it, and that was it. <laughs> but um, it's no, it's it's. I've used it a, a, a fair bit now. Um, I've had a few people want me to cut them some circles for you know outside, um, uh, like coffee tables and that sort of thing. So it's come in handy. But I, I have an absolutely, and it's made out of form ply too. So perfect, really? perfect jig.
0: What can one say? Horn ply is king.
1: Form ply is it. It's it's if you if you're not into form ply, you're missing out.
0: So Chris, it's um just talking a little bit about the how, how things are going so far. We're uh, up to episode nine now, and um, we're uh, also out on the uh, social media. Uh, as far as uh, we're on Instagram and also on podcasts, iTunes, Google, um, Podbean, and, and we're finding that it's the positive and, and, feedback.
1: And Spotify now. And Spotify
0: now. So <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Um, we're enjoying this and we're enjoying the feedback and everyone who's been participating uh, up to this stage, uh, we're looking to really expand on that. So. Uh, go full steam ahead, and uh, we just need your patronage. And uh, if you if you like a half hour podcast, uh, sign up to those platforms and uh, watch us here on YouTube as well.
1: Half hour-ish, half hour-ish. Half hour-ish.
0: We're trying our best.
1: <laughs> we're, we're trying our best to keep it at thirty minutes. But uh, the other thing is, I'm I'm still learning um, how to extract the audio from our video so I can pop it up onto um, the podcast. So I mean. I apologize if you're waiting for episodes, but I'm trying to get my head around all this. This is all yeah. big and stuff for me.
0: And, and you're doing a great job, Chris. And, uh, I oh, think, I think uh, so. yeah, like uh, we're learning as we're going. And I think in general, um, you know, having the background of our own YouTube channels has, uh, helped us in developing this, this part of the content. And, uh, mm. <clears throat> we'd like to thank everyone so far who subscribed and, uh, Given up some of their, you know, ideas to for us to discuss. So keep, keep them coming, and oh, um, for sure, we'll, we'll keep yakking about it. And a lot of a lot of guests to come as well. And this is a first season, so we're looking forward to a long future in uh, in Measure Twice Cup once.
1: Yes, yes, for sure. And uh, I just want to um, thank um, our technical advisor, Patrick. Yeah. Um, without without him, um, we'd be totally in the dark here. You know, I uh, I wouldn't even know where to begin with any of this. So he's been an absolute bonus. Thanks, Patrick. You're a champion. Um, and uh, we're we we're, we're going to get up to your place, Dirk, to sort your um your stuff out. Yep. And uh, the guy, the guys, you know what? The guy knows so much about technology. Uh, I wouldn't be at all surprised if he was half a robot. You know,
0: <laughs>
1: Just a cyborg, as I call them.
0: So, what we're saying in a nutshell is, uh, we we love the community, we love doing this, and um, you know, we're all in it together as far as learning and advancing what we do. So, thank you, everyone, mm-hmm. so far. And uh, yes, thank you, much appreciated.
1: Yeah, stick with us. Stick with us. we we're, we're we're gonna do. We're gonna have some good shows coming up. Speaking of which. What are we doing next week?
0: Next week, Chris, we're going to have a, a good discussion and in, 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 uh, investigation into things that suck. And uh, when that's not bad things in life. But easy,
1: easy, family show, family show.
0: I oh, know, I know. down, no. Chook. Uh, it's basically talking about dust extraction systems. Oh, and, uh <laughs> smaller workshops and things like that uh, or even larger workshops where you know how do you go about it and what's the hmm. best method of keeping dust at bay uh, so there's a lot to talk about there chris and uh, I'm, you're, a, you're a little bit of an expert because i think you've done the, you've done some commercial filming on on the on the topic
1: i have yes um i've done a, a few um uh, live um what do you call them I'm trying to think of what they were. In-store demos. I've done some live in-store demos as well uh, on on the subject. So, um, I, look, I wouldn't. I would certainly not classify myself as an expert. Um, but I I've looked into a lot of it, and um, and and yeah, and and sawdust is like the bugbear of of the woodworker. You know, it's it's um, y- you can't help it. As soon as you cut a piece of wood, you're going to have sawdust there. And it's how you get rid of it, you know. That's um, that's that's the big trick. So um, we're going to have a bit of a chat about that next week to see how people, or how how we went about it, and um, and uh, and how we uh, how we combat it.
0: Definitely so. Definitely so. So stay tuned, subscribe, and uh, like us on all platforms. So and until next week, Chris. We say everyone have a great week, and um, I'll sign off by saying ooh-roo.
1: And I'll sign off by saying bye for now.